Roads Prairie Doc Radio. We're glad to have you listening. We will take your questions of a medical nature today at 692-1430. We have Dr. Rick Holm in studio, and most of you know him from your years of listening. If you're just traveling through and don't know Dr. Holm, he is an internist who has worked in the Brookings area for many years and has a wide depth of knowledge, so we'll welcome any question you have. Anything in particular you'd like to start with, Rick? Just, uh, and I'm married to you. That's another, you know, compliment, actually, to uh, to say about me. Uh, I was thinking that we would talk tonight, today, about what's happening tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is not on call with the Prairie Doc because we are being bumped by high school basketball. So I thought it lended itself to the discussion of the value of teamwork. And <clears throat> and that brought me to think linked this morning about the cause of abuse. And how is the cause of abuse tied to the value of teamwork? Bob? Or lack. Or lack of teamwork. teamwork. Yeah. I Bob, Bob has no no idea on that. You're you're <laughs> trying I'm to I'm busy right now. <laughs> You, the man who has knowledge base on everything. So, so <coughs> as I was, I've been thinking about teamwork lately, uh, partly because of all of the basketball and, uh, you know, football stories on TV and what, yeah. Okay, I will say this. It's nice to have a primary care physician who kind of represents the captain of your medical team because oh. in this day and age, <laughs> there are so many different areas of specialty which one is going to be the one they take the helm? Yeah. And so it should be primary care. Really. I, I agree. And unfortunately, it has been given the back seat, and I think that's a mistake. But uh, that's not exactly how I was thinking. What I was thinking uh, was uh, the, um, the research that I was doing into why is a person abusive of another? And one particular authority says, of course, it's when you've been abused, you will become a, an abuser one-third of the time. Two-thirds of the time, you won't. But one-third of the time, the abusers were abused. Uh, I mean, one-third of the time, when a person is abused, she or he becomes Replicate. an abuser. All right. And why is that? Uh, well, that's called repetition compulsion. You have a tendency to do, this is normal, this is what is, and so on and so forth. But this expert said, no, the most common reason for people to become abusers is that they are not taught discipline. They are not given feedback when they are wrong. They have not been shown by their parents that, <coughs> look, this is the world that we live in. Here are the rules that we play. If the basketball goes out of bounds, it goes to the other team. That's the rule. Uh, you don't run up to the, to, the, um, to the referee and say, no, I didn't mean for that to go out of bounds. Please, uh, referee, dad, this time, let me have it back and I, I won't do it again. You know, No, the answer is, when it goes out of bounds, um, that's what happens. 
when you have you live in a world where everybody plays by the rules so that justice can occur that fairness occurs and when you're a team player you play because you're you're with a team that works together that plays by rules that allows the best chance of winning the game uh and uh you know people who who have not uh learned to play by the rules just can't play in a team they they just don't function in sports uh so basketball is is it one of those games where people function as a team and when they work as a team the joy of people working together knowing uh, uh, that they're not just one person but they're five people out on that floor or there are 11 people with the backup six on the uh, in the uh, on the on bench. the line on the bench the the whole story is playing by uh, with a team is a very important thing and it and it teaches people the value of playing by the rules. I think that certainly can be uh, expounded upon. I mean, music, you're playing, you're working as a team because you're with the orchestra or with the choir. So it's it doesn't need to be just a sports it, metaphor. No, it it's isn't a just team a team building or yes. all working together. I, I love I we watched that new TV show last night. Uh, the two of us watch uh, we watch the voice which is you know i don't know if it says anything about my sexuality and masculinity but i mean no, I, the two of us enjoy there. that <laughs> enjoy that but following that we watched this new tv show that i think it's called rise yeah called rise where uh high school was, drama club yeah and it was a you know a particularly caring and intuitive teacher that took on the theater. He was an English teacher, and of course he he did the theater, and uh, and he that you could feel the teamwork of the players on this uh, new play they were putting out called Spring Awakening, which was <coughs> we saw actually on Broadway with our children. We we uh, we mortgaged the house and went to New York <laughs> and bought tickets to see Spring Awakening. But it was teamwork in the theater. And yes. I think that's a very important point, and we could take a break right now is what you're going to tell me. I see. Yes, I think it's time. And uh, we do welcome your questions, 692-1430, if you'd like to call them in, and we can uh, discuss a variety of issues. So we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm. I'm filling in for Joan Hogan, and we have Dr. Holm in studio. We're currently have been talking about teamwork and and how that affects people. Uh, we will uh, entertain questions as well if you want to call us at six nine two fourteen thirty. I think abuse uh, issues should be uh, something that we would love to invite questions about. Uh, that's dangling participle, but I mean uh, about which we would encourage people to call. And uh, speaking of teamwork, Joan Hogan, the team that we work with for this show usually, uh, is, is uh, on the beaches of uh, Florida as we speak, uh, enjoying uh, the sun and the warmth, and uh, we're happy for her. And uh, so, you know, uh, hello to Joan and Ed, and 
and and be savoring your time together. Use that sunscreen. And use that sunscreen. <laughs> so um, when I think of abuse, I, I certainly the issue of mental health comes up. And, of course, when I think about mental health, I think about gun the, safety, the horrendous events that have occurred. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen in the the Brookings area with the 10 o'clock walkout uh, as far as the students across the country, but I can't help but be supportive personally because I think that it drawing attention to the the gun issue is important, and and I certainly don't have answers, and I'm not. Uh, I believe that there's a place for guns. I don't think it's in the schools. <laughs> I, personally don't think it's a teacher a carrying so it'll be curious to see what our local students are doing how do you think that the the mental health and the violence put that together well i think mental health is obviously the basic problem that the people that do these things have a mental health problem the 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 dilemma is how do you catch it before that mentally ill person uh does something weird and or harmful or aggressive uh, uh, I think it's impossible to to use that as the way we're going to reduce the uh, problems but maybe if we had research to show it the puzzle but it isn't the only answer certainly mental health is the great a mental medical problem in this country that is not getting uh, fiscal support. Um, people who have mental illness often don't have the money. And so people who are, are looking at making money are not that excited about uh, providing mental health. I mean, you know, it's dermatology and, and uh, uh, pathology and surgical procedures that makes the money. You know, that, uh, and I'm getting a little cynical about that, but my point is that we need to uh, not only address the value of the primary care doctor, as Bob started the show with, uh, but also to address the value of mental health uh, care uh, in this country. Professionals. And, and, and there it is. <clears throat> but I think it's broader again. I'm gonna keep going back to this broader. You know, when we talk about each of us who are not health care providers listening and caring and speaking up, when we have concerns about someone's behavior i mean is there there's there's definitely times when being the person that says this isn't right the, the, there's some danger here something this wrong person's happening. isolating themselves this person uh is Acting collecting aggressive. guns you know the, <laughs> speak up speak up and and if you need if you make a call to uh, social services social services or the police department and it's not founded no big deal well in fact it should be not founded t- nine times out of ten or yeah. 99 times out of a hundred uh, but uh, my sense is if there's something happening that's worrying you uh, then and you you've observed this uh, it, you can take the burden off of your shoulder and put it on social services I, I think they're they're the people to call uh, I wanted to make a comment about uh, uh, gun uh, safety, uh, and uh, you know, you, you, no matter how you put it, you're going to. It's sort of like the abortion issue. No matter what you say, it you're wrong. Uh, but I will t- I will say this as a hunter, 
a guy growing up in South Dakota and who has guns uh, and uh, one that uh, I love dearly that my father gave me, you know, a shotgun, a pump, uh, you know, one of those cheap Winchester 12-gauge pumps that's just, you know, the standard pheasant hunter uh, and a, a joy. Uh, I've carried it many, many, uh, many miles. Uh, my, my sense is that um, uh, who knows about uh, those kinds of issues. Some, I have a problem with uh, uh, assault rif rifles uh, that are... Um, and and uh, the bump stock things. I think there's some things that we could do that would certainly uh, be something to do. Uh, but the thing I want to make a point on is this, that uh, in the 90s, uh, there was some research that suggested that, uh, that uh, an available handgun that was loaded in the house put children at risk, put suicidal people at risk. I mean, 60% of the gun deaths in this country are suicides. And, um, and so <clears throat> that research came out. The NRA was against it because it suggested that they needed to uh, do something about the, uh, uh, make some legislation about gun. And they squelched any research. They stopped research. Who stopped dead. research? NRA. And, and basically then our legislators in Washington. And, and uh, you know, I, uh, you know, you can say what you want about guns and so on, but research is looking for the truth. It is looking for the answer to the problem that we are uh, seeing. I we don't have research in this country since the mid-90s because our legislators in Washington stopped it. It stopped it dead. The CDC, I mean, just if you look at the literature, go look at the literature, look at the Peter's uh, resolution. Uh, there, this is uh, the truth. Research to find the answer, what could protect our children, was squelched in the mid-90s by our Congress. And, and I'm, I, I'm, it's, that's unconscionable. I think an analogy would be uh, not looking at car safety and look at the improvements that have occurred because of study. Um, you know, airbags and, and seat belts being required and car, and car seats for children. If if no research had been done, we wouldn't have discovered those things. And, and we, we wouldn't, wouldn't have, be improving as we go. We wouldn't have pushed our, our uh, automobile industry into making safer cars. Right, and that's where the, the, the point of the, the gun research, we're not advocating that every gun has to go away it's going back to researching so that we can see where the safety issues yeah, what, are is, would it be better to arm our, our teachers or not i mean there the, what would be the answers that would reduce the these crazy people walking into schools or uh in public forums and killing uh and maiming and uh um hundreds of people and that's happening um, so we need to take another break and and uh, just a correction that's the dickey amendment you're right i said peterson yeah yeah so um let's come right back after this and we do have a question that has been called in we thank that caller and we'll get right to it and if you have a question call us at 692-1430 
Hi, this is Joni Holm with Prairie Doc Radio. I'm filling in for Joan Hogan today, and we have Dr. Rick Holm in studio. And I'm going to go right to the question here so that we won't run out of time. A 67-year-old man called and asked about degenerative disc disease and also to talk about shooting pain down his leg and wonders if that could be sciatica. So what are the symptoms that you would expect expect with both of these and then what kind of treatment? And well, are they related? Let's let's de- throw de- that together. Degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, degenerative bone disease, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, all of those run together. And it comes with aging, it comes with inheritance. Uh, it it uh, comes with uh, deconditioning, uh, getting out of shape. Uh, those are all uh, things that uh, happen. Uh, sometimes you can be in perfect shape and you have degenerative problems. Maybe you're a football player and you have traumatized a joint. Maybe you've fallen off a roof and landed on your feet and traumatized your spine. I mean, the trauma can also cause these problems. Well, the shooting leg pain down the leg could certainly be related so it is definite so uh, you know you get uh, arthritis uh, of the spine and there's outgrowth it's sort of like you see people who have bony hands because their their arthritis is happening well that bony stuff is growing also around the facets and the exit holes where the nerves come out of the spine and run down the leg uh, and enervate the, the legs, for example. It enervates everything in your body, you know, uh, uh, except for the cranial nerves, which um, uh, it go through different spots. But the, the nerves that come out of your neck uh, uh, and, uh, and thoracic spine that enervate your arms and your neck and your arms and your chest and your breathing, uh, and, well, no, not breathing, but uh, a lot of your breathing, and down your legs and enervate your legs and so on and so forth. All those are peripheral to the central spinous spinal canal and the brain. They are peripheral nerves and they enervate uh, the motor, the muscle uh, movement and the motor function of the body. So the and, most and one of those arthritic sp- uh, spines can be impinging uh, on the nerve and you get nerve numbness or nerve pain that radiates wherever that nerve may go. Oftentimes it's L4, L5, and S1 discs that are degenerative, and, um, and the disc can be pushing out and pushing on that nerve. So oftentimes it's uh, spinal stenosis and osteoarthritis uh, squeezing the hole where it, and, and the nerve that comes out is being pushed on. So the most important thing for this gentleman is to get a proper diagnosis. And so where do you suggest he probably starts with his primary care? But if that, if, we, if answers, if uh, does he need uh, imaging? Do we, how do we move forward because he has these things right. so that he can get a diagnosis and treatment plan? Well, uh, the, let's, let's discuss it a little bit further. What happens, what's the natural uh, history of a person who starts to have Um, sciatica or the sciatic nerve is being squeezed or one of the nerves down the leg is being squeezed by either the pulp of a disc or the osteoarthritis what is the natural history and the natural history is that the majority of these get better on their own 
and that you leave it alone and give it enough time and it will get better. Uh, if you keep moving and you keep stretching and you keep uh, motion uh, going, they get better most of the time. I can't, I'm not going to give you percentages and every individual is different. What I generally say to people is uh, when you start, um, when the pain is unrelenting for more than a month or so you need and is not getting better and it seems to be getting worse, you need to see somebody. The other indication to see somebody is if that, if the mu muscle function, nerve pain is one thing, that's receiving uh, pain, but g when, the, when, the, when the nerve that tells a muscle to work is getting uh, lost, then you need to get uh, out to somebody to get help. Now what is that? That means when you, you're losing function of being able to bring the toe and foot up, or losing function to be able to push the, the foot out. When you're losing muscle function, then you need to be seen. So persistent pain or losing muscle function, then you need to get some help. Now, does that mean that you need to have surgery? No, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking more often when you're losing muscle function, you might need surgery. And then I hand them delicately over to a, a, a spinal surgeon or a neurologist to send them to a, a neurosurgeon or a orthopedic surgeon that works on that particular part of the body. So it's very complicated in this person. It's a very complicated mm -hmm. deal, yeah. And so what should this person do? Well, it depends upon how, if, you know, I'll tell you what, I have that uh, very symptom. I had it actually about 15 years ago, pain going down my leg, uh, uh, hurting me, uh, particularly when I was sitting in a car for long periods of time, driving, you know, back and forth from Sioux Falls or uh, whatever. And um, uh, it was related to running, I think, at the time I was getting some distance in. And uh, I did more stretching. I gave it time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, uh, most of what you get uh, is an appropriate delaying mechanism. You know, g get some physical therapy go to the PT people or the chiropractor or the fi family physician. You don't want to take narcotics because narcotics works no better than Tylenol. Uh, good studies have shown that it works. It doesn't help the pain any better than Tylenol. So stay away from narcotics. Uh, Nonsteroidals like um, uh, aspirin, Advil, Aleve are reasonable options uh, as long as they don't upset your stomach. Uh, and I like them intermittently. I think the same thing with Tylenol or acetaminophen uh, is an intermittent use if you can. I like the idea of stretching in the morning. I like the idea of staying mobile uh, and, you know, non, I mean, you know, rubbing in with aspartame, uh, the smellier the better, uh, you know, uh, masseuses, everything that you can do besides going to the, the surgeon uh, is a reasonable thing to do to give it some time until, unless you're starting to lose motor function. If you're losing muscle function, you need to get off. Uh, now, if you do an MRI on these people or if you do a CT scan, one or the other, uh, right away, I need a CT scan to see if there's something p p pushing on that nerve. Well, there's going to be something pushing on that nerve. No matter whether you're having symptoms or not, if you're if you're 60 or older, you do an MRI across the board on 100 people. Those with or without pain, uh, they all show lots of osteoarthritis, degenerative problems, the spinal uh, cushion, 
and the discs are degenerative in all of them and they don't seem to differ uh, between the people who are having pain and the people that are not so the, it, you shouldn't be doing those tests early uh, you should do them when muscle function is being lost like I said earlier or if there's a persistent problem that's progressing then uh, let that expert person order that test okay I we should take our last break and then we'll be right back to tie things up thank you for listening Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm filling in for Joan Hogan. Uh, as we finish up the show today, I just want to talk about uh, Stephen Hawking. You know, yeah, ALS, I and I, I did read a little bit and heard some uh, stories this morning. It was a very unusual form of ALS that hit him when he was um, 21. 21 years old. Now, and he lived to 70, what, 5, 74? Something like that, something yeah. Like unbelievable because most of those people don't live uh, past uh, five years or ten years uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis which means that there is a lesion that is in a certain part of the spinal canal and it paralyzes people uh, and uh, it's just this progressive um, muscle loss without neuro without uh, without without uh, 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 the sensory uh, function. In other words, you feel everything, you just can't move anything. And it's an ascending yes. paralysis, isn't it? Starts at your feet and works its way up? Yeah, but it, it is a process that involves the muscle function only, doesn't involve the sensory. The sensory. In, a, in other words, his brain is totally intact, and this is a progressive paralysis, and the man seemed to... I think the reason he lived was his zest for life. He had a sense of humor. Uh, he was he was on. <clears throat> he he was in. He wrote and created. Uh, he was just a magnificent uh, man who loved life and continued to uh, savor every moment. I think one thing we can just <clears throat> think about is taking hope that w- you hear a diagnosis and you don't know what it means. It's very scary, but it. In this case, he certainly lived a long time. So he, he lived a long time. He had, of course, <clears throat> he had uh, all the uh, medical care that a person could need. But so do everybody. And and so I mean, for the vast majority of people in the United States, we have all the medical care that we need. Uh, what we really need is uh, the energy and the enthusiasm to live. Are we out of time, Bob? We thank you. Okay, we do not have a show this week, as mentioned earlier, Tomorrow with Prairie night. Doc, uh, on call with the Prairie Doc uh, uh, for Thursday night. But we will be back uh, the following Thursday, and uh, we hope that you will tune in to that on public TV as well as our weekly radio show. So for Prairie Doc Radio, thank, thank you. you for listening. Thank you, uh, Joni and Bob, and stay healthy out there.